0: After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands, we got a goal! Look at the colors, we are set to go, let's go! We are kicking! Watch the blue! There we go! Yeah baby! Hey! hey you, you, got you got the power play, get out of here!
1: I already sticks Right here for the rough! Both guys, five minutes each, we're fighting! Hey hey! We're not doing this! I don't want to babysit all night! A little bit of nastiness today. Huh? Nothing good's coming out of this big man! Have you seen this before? Yes, it's rule something point something. He's not
0: putting a stick in here. You. you keep your stick out of him. Here we go. It's us boys. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Let's go.
1: After further review, it's the Scouting the Rest podcast. Here's your hosts, Todd Lewis and Josh Smith. When you ready, big guy. All right, guys,
0: let's drop the puck. <laughs> We're kind of at a funny stage in the NHL season, Josh. We're kind of past the the midway point. We're past the all-star break. We're not quite at the trade deadline, so people kind of have their eye on that. It's it's just kind of a weird time in the NHL season. And kind of going over the list of things that I've seen this past week, there's some weird stuff that happened out there.
1: Yeah, some of the the interesting plays that fall in that gap there and maybe don't fit what things normally are, you want to take a second look at it, you revisit it, and some that make you question, was this the right call? And then why was it the right call? Why is the rule built this way? What are we doing here, Todd? You're not suggesting that there could be
0: areas that we might want to review or amend in the NHL rulebook. You want to make the rulebook longer, don't you? It's like more reviews. You want more of that, uh,
1: too. Oh, no, I don't I don't want more reviews. <laughs> I, I want to rewrite it. I want to make it simpler. I want more scoring. I want clearer penalties. We don't have to overhaul it. I mean, we absolutely could. And there's plenty of opportunity to do it. But the NHL has been open to some tweaks along the way. And I think there's always room for improvement. OK, that's a fair way to look at it. This is the Scouting the Refs podcast.
0: Please make sure you follow us on the social channels. At Scouting the Refs, we'll get you Josh on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow at Todd Lewis Sports on Twitter and Instagram for me. On this week's episode, no net, no goal, but should there be? Toppled goal, penalty shot, Sid is no kid no more, and an overtime winner that's really close. One other item that we should look at, and... I'm glad that the move has been made because this is a a safety issue. It comes as the result of a a very fluky injury to Mason Appleton of the Winnipeg Jets. He kind of got clotheslined with the glass and his stick. Maybe you can explain better, Josh. You've got a nice post up on it on the scoutingtherefs.com website about this change that's being made. And I, I hadn't even thought of before, but it's a good idea.
1: Yeah, scary, scary moment, and one that resulted in a broken wrist for Appleton, so really unfortunate. There's that little tiny hole on the glass that the officials can skate over to and talk to the scorekeeper there, update time on the clock, things like that. They need it for communication. Rarely does it factor into the actual play. The photographer's holes in the corners, those may come in more frequently, but they also have something that blocks it when the photographers aren't shooting And apparently now that's what we're doing for this official scorer's hole as well, because Appleton's stick went in there it torqued his wrist snapped it so he required surgery there and something that the league doesn't want to see happen to anybody else so let's get rid of the hole so now they've got a a cork basically to pop in there it was interesting to see were they going to replace the glass and just talk through the penalty box door or use that photographer's whole trick where they basically have a, a piece of glass that pops in there that you can put in or remove so nice to see that it won't happen to anybody else really a freak injury that happened to appleton but again, trying to find those weird things that happen and you, you want to address them when they come up. So something I, I hadn't seen before, we haven't seen as an issue. It happened once and the NHL fixed it. So you know, good for them. But unfortunately, Appleton had to be the one that got us to drive this rule change to the glass around the league.
0: Unfortunate, yes. But we're glad that it's been corrected and this will not be happening again in the future. OK, let's go back a few days. And we both looked at this again recently a few times. It's the... The final play in the Montreal Canadiens and New York Islanders game from last week. Montreal wins in overtime, a nice goal from Mike Matheson. He takes the puck, passed up from a teammate, while moving up the ice and across the Islander blue line, with only a few seconds remaining in the overtime, and scores. As he's taking the pass, he's not using his stick to accept the pass. He is using his skates both of them as a matter of fact as he crosses the blue line it was quite a play to watch and I have watched it many many times and I am still thinking to myself was this an offside play did he really have control of the puck as he
1: went in and scored this was such a close call Todd it was hard to see and There is an angle, but you can't see when the puck crosses the line. That definitive moment when the puck completely crosses the leading edge of the blue line. And that's what this hinges on. If, by chance, one of his skates is still on or over the line at the moment the puck completely crosses, then then we're done. It's It's a good goal. But we can't see that. And if we assume that that wasn't the case, then we need to know if he has possession and control of the puck as he preceded it into the zone and using your skates does indicate that you have control and he did touch the puck. So there is possession, but woo, that, that becomes really a judgment call on, did he have control of the puck? And and he did going forward, right? Because he kicks it up to his stick. But man, what a tiny few frames there where you really have to make that judgment call on, on what happened on this play. And of all the replays I've seen, I didn't see any that definitively showed one way or the other. So it reverts to the call on the ice, at least from my standpoint, uh, which was to allow the goal. No challenge on this one. This is automatically reviewed by the NHL. The Situation room's looking at it since it's in overtime. And perhaps they had different angles. Perhaps they had one that supported the call on the ice that it was a good goal. But you are absolutely right. This is one of those comes down to inches calls or, or millimeters where I can't see the puck. I can't see the position of the skates when he crosses. There's not one good angle that clearly showed that. So I'm going with the call on the ice and either the situation room felt the same way or they had a better angle that proved it. But yeah, that was a real close one.
0: And again, not enough evidence to overturn and take the goal away is the other
1: important part. Definitely not from the angles that were being shown. So it was, I mean, it was a great play by Matheson. He he did show that he had control of it. So... Maybe it's enough to win that argument because it hits his skate. He gets it to the other skate, then he gets it up to his stick. And had he lost the puck, you wouldn't have scored a goal, so he would have never had a review. And then he would have potentially not had control, but we wouldn't have been in this spot in the first place. So a really interesting chain of events there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. This is why they play soccer before the game, so that you can <laughs> exactly. use the skates and kick the puck up yes. to your stick properly. All right. Going back a few days as well, for the first time in his 18-year NHL career— Sidney Crosby was tossed out of a game for talking, chirping, we'll say perhaps. (laughs) Sid represents everything that is great about the game. He is always super professional and accommodating. He gets more interview requests than anybody else, and he is so accommodating. He is also a fierce competitor And I guess things got a bit heated between the Pens and the LA Kings and his altercation with Mikey Anderson with the pushing and the shoving and the penalty called. And I guess Sid was all upset about it and finally wound up getting the hands on the hips and and getting tossed for this. I don't I don't know. I'm really not sure still what to make of this, Josh.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting exchange. I mean, you see that the Kings extended Mikey Anderson, so obviously they were impressed. I don't <laughs> I don't know if this Crosby incident had anything to do with that, but sure was a, you know, a good head to head there. That the two of them were battling, the two of them exchanged some words. They both pick up 10-minute misconducts and then Crosby kept at it. We see how the unsportsmanlike penalties are called in the NHL. There's there's typically an escalation there where they'll call the lower penalties, and if they keep at it, they escalate and escalate. So Sid picks up a 10-minute misconduct. He, he goes back to referee Garrett Rank and opines on what his thoughts were around the initial call and the misconduct penalty a, a couple times there, using some language that we're not repeating here, and Rank took offense to whether it was the language or whether it was questioning the call and booted him from the game. So something you don't see a lot. I mean, we've, we've had plenty of incidents where Crosby's jawed at the officials and, and they'll give him plenty of time because he's respected. He often voices things constructively. This was not so constructive. And, uh, Obviously, something that Rank thought was over the line in tossing him for the game. So a bit unusual for Crosby. I mean, not not to complain, but to let it get to this level. And it was something that Rank had decided he'd had enough, went up the ladder, and, and that gets him tossed from the game. That's the part that
0: also intrigues me about this whole thing, because you're right. Officials will give players... A pretty good amount of latitude based on what's taken place in the game, the situation of the game. And it, while it may say that they might be able to penalize them at this point, oftentimes they will give them a little bit of extra leeway. So what exactly was it did Sidney Crosby say that <laughs> got the gesture and got him tossed. Like, I I want to read that in the game report now, just just to know what that little bit of info is.
1: Well, I'd, I'd love to see more of it. I, I want to see the game report because it'd be great to to see that since obviously it's it's going in there. We also would love to know what exchange happened between Rank and Crosby before. I mean, typically you'd expect him to be saying like, Sid, that's enough. Cut it out. You're getting a game misconduct. Knock it off or warning him before it happens. And we see it a lot. Refs like Wes McCauley, Kelly Sutherland, they're constantly letting players know when they're getting close to crossing the line and and that they're going to draw another penalty. So don't know if Rank was warning him like that. Typically, you would expect that. But that's bleeping bull bleep was what Crosby was saying. (laughs) If you want to read lips, and I'm pretty confident in my lip reading skills for this one. But he said Mm -hmm. that a few times to him, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back.
0: I wonder if there's always notes on websites and stuff about this day in NHL history. I don't wonder if they will note the day that Crosby got his first game.
1: <laughs> you know what? If nobody else does, I think we need, we need to pick that one up and mark it in February 12th, 2024. We'll be celebrating the one year anniversary. So we'll we'll look back.
0: I look forward to that. Okay, a few other a few other interesting ones from this past week. I think we all understand that when a player knocks their own net off the pegs, it will result in a penalty. But it's not always the case. And we had a situation kind of like that last week with Philly Huso of the Detroit Red Wings, who skated out to play the puck and pushed his own net forward in a game against the Vancouver Canucks. However, Huso was not given a two-minute penalty. A penalty shot was awarded to the Vancouver Canucks in this case. I think you better take us through the rule book as to why the Canucks got a penalty shot versus a penalty.
1: Todd, this is one of those rare situations where the actual time of the infraction is what's driving the outcome here. The delay of game rule, and, and I'm not sure. We'll have to look back in the history and see what the precedent was for this other than the fact that You know, it gets late in the game. You know you have a little more leeway. If you take a minor penalty with 30 seconds left and it saves a goal, we only have to kill 30 seconds. Maybe you can hang on for the win. Historically... We had teams push the line on this one, and the NHL implemented the rule that we have delay of game situations where Rule 636 says if there is insufficient time to serve the complete penalty, then a penalty shot will be awarded. So in a situation like this, where you'd have a delay of game call for whoso knocking the net off, since we're in the final two minutes of the period or the final two minutes of the game. It's a penalty shot automatically. So crazy situation. I know we've talked about it in the past of those late game penalties and how they work and should it be a penalty shot or should you just serve the remaining time? And this is one where the league takes it out of everyone's hands and says, nope, delay of game in the final two minutes for doing this. You're getting a penalty shot. So purely down to the time on the clock, which is interesting to see because we don't see that with most penalties.
0: It's a bit different because we have overtime, but it would be really cool if any penalty in the last two minutes resulted in a penalty shot.
1: There's some justification for it. I mean, it it would, it would be crazy. And perhaps we'd see officials less likely to call. I mean, you'd be a little more hesitant on the whistle if you knew it would be a penalty shot there. I would think that we'd see teams less likely to commit infractions because they wouldn't want that to happen. So a tough spot there because you, you don't want to have the officials pocket the whistles. You want to see them called. And I think if it happened a few times, guys would start to learn that you need to be on your best behavior in the final two <laughs> minutes. But hey, why not? If you, if you can't serve the complete sentence for the infraction, make it a penalty shot. It seems like there's some reasonable fairness to that
0: hmm There was another game as well where the net came off and no goal was allowed, but I think it's worth examining a little bit, and we can talk a little bit about it. It was uh, the Montreal-Chicago game, and it was a sequence of events where the net was knocked off. The puck was crossing the goal line, and the net was knocked off. What happened is that Andreas Athanasiu was skating in on a breakaway facing Jake Allen of the Montreal Canadiens in goal. And Allen stops the first shot by Athanasiou, who then crashes into the goal and knocks the right post off a little bit. It becomes a jar. And then the puck crosses the goal line. Because Athanasiu was the player that knocked the net off, this was ruled no goal. But as you read a little deeper into the rule book, you're thinking, Maybe this shouldn't be the case.
1: Well, it's the right call. I'll I'll, I'll lay that out first. This was absolutely the right call on the play. Athanasiu runs into the net. He knocks the net off the moorings. That's a delayed whistle. That's how the rule's written. That's what happened in this circumstance. So I'm not going to question the call on the ice. It was the right call. Mike Markovic on the call there. He got it right. So no review needed, nothing else. This was correct. Now, I tried to look at the play as, you know, from an objective standpoint of, well, you know, what was the point? What was the difference? What happened with the net being knocked off? I mean, it was a continuous play, right? The NHL rulebook covers situations where there's a continuous play and and we allow things to go. If it was a defending player who knocked the net off, well, the puck still went in between the normal position of the goalposts, and there was certainly an imminent scoring chance I don't know, Todd. I, I, I'm wondering if situations like this where the net was dislodged accidentally by an attacking player, if maybe there is a little leeway, you know, maybe this is a situation where the net coming off really had no bearing on the play whatsoever. And maybe the rulebook should be tweaked to allow this kind of a goal.
0: This is not something that happens with great frequency at all. This was a very rare situation. I, I can't remember a time previously having seen something like that. No. And it's, it's, it's definitely not in Athenasi's best interest to knock the net off the peg. So he's not trying to do that. It's just his force that he's, he's going forward towards the net and he bumps into it and it, it knocks off. So for something this infrequent, yeah, I think we could make that change
1: hey, we don't need to take the goal away. If knocking the net off put the defending team at a disadvantage, if it created a situation that was dangerous, if it became unfair in favor of the attacking team, fine. But there was really no impact. That being said, I'm still waving this one off because Athanasio clearly kicked the puck into the net. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with the with maybe the, the net part. But you know what? That was a clear kick. So uh, yeah, still still no goal. Sorry, buddy.
0: We'll give you the first one, but not the second. <laughs> right. No, so okay. All right. One other one other situation I wanted to ask about in the game between Dallas and Boston. Terrific hockey game. Two top teams, one from the East, one from the West. Really good game back and forth. A hard-fought game. You'll love to see that in the middle of the season. But in one sequence in this game, in front of the Dallas goal, Jamie Benn of the Stars, Brad Marchant of the Bruins are, well, I think to put it mildly, we would call it battling in front of the net, but it was basically assault by both players—hacks, whacks, trips, roughing. I mean, it, you saw everything for about twenty seconds, and the play was finally whistled when Jamie Ben shoved Brad Marchand into the net so hard that it knocked it off the moorings. No penalty called. Line up, face it off. Let's keep going. I, I think this is one of those instances where you finally got to say, "Look, you." blow the play dead, call a penalty on these two guys. This is this is letting things get too far out of hand. I mean, I understand the, well, all you're doing is taking two really good players off the ice, but I think you have to establish the line is not here.
1: Well, I, th- I think you nailed it there, Todd, with establishing where the line is. You want a good battle in front. You, you want to allow these guys to do some shoving and pushing, but when that starts to escalate, that's when you want to think about blowing the whistle there. And uh, Freddie LeCouillet, the official right in front, had a great front row view of this whole exchange here. And, it, you know, to me, he was letting the boys play. And, and some have that line of thinking of, yeah, we're going to let him go. It's no advantage either way. It, it wasn't really dangerous where somebody was at risk of getting hurt. It wasn't putting somebody at a spot where there was a turnover or a scoring chance that was being lost here. But at the same time, it, it starts to go too far. If I'm officiating this one, I'm I'm blowing the whistle here. I'm sending them both off with matching minor penalties, just to send the message that you, you guys did cross the line here, and you you can't let it get that far. I mean, obviously, it it, it went to the point where he's shoving Marshawn so hard that he's knocking the net off. <laughs> I thought both players earned two minutes on this play. I think it would have been well-deserved. And I, I think it kind of establishes the tone that, look, I want clean battles. I want good battles. But you guys clearly crossed the line here. And yes, you don't want star players off the ice, but you want star players to play clean, good hockey. And and that was not what was happening here. So I, I think they deserved two minutes each. No power play, no man advantage on this one based on the situation. But I think they clearly each earned a trip to the penalty box.
0: I don't have an issue with players battling for space on the ice that means you're going to lean into one another you're going to give the other player a shove with your 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 shoulder your backside whatever part of your body you're using to try to maneuver around you're you're trying to establish position in front of the net and for jamie ben in this case he's trying to take away any advantage that brad marchand may have and be able to tip a puck But there's no puck within the vicinity (laughs) of this play. So I think that's that's what really escalates this one in my mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was almost borderline late 80s, early 90s net front battles where you see the constant cross checks and guys going down and getting back up or the guy down on the ice tries to trip the other guy by wrapping his legs around a skate. This is an old school style battle and they were rarely called then and, and they honestly should have been called then and they should be called now. You've got clear interference on these two guys. They're both getting in each other's way, but they're going above a bit beyond just pushing bumping and shoving and battling for position and that's where as as an official i think you want to set that tone a little bit more strongly
0: so there it is josh once again we're going to be criticized for wanting people to call the rule book
1: blow the damn whistle come on <laughs> <laughs> we're done. good You're good, my book. good stuff man way to work
0: yeah we're good man too long let's go sit for a couple
1: Get in the box. It's the Scouting the Refs Podcast. Read more at ScoutingTheRefs.com. Follow Scouting the Refs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Scouting the Refs. Email the show at heyref at scoutingtherefs.com. Subscribe, share, and keep those sticks down. Okay. That's uh, nicely done. That's good work.